You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Arlington Remastered. Chapter 21. The Plan. From the Journal of Major Frank Butler, Washington, District of Columbia, March 7th, 1883. The room was tense as Thomas explained his plan. The dusty air was making breathing hard now, and the ghostly orange flames were beginning to dwindle, leaving us shrouded in shadow. Everybody stepped into their allotted position as I reloaded my pistols. Agent Lee placed herself before the doorway and dropped into a low stance, her expression a placid mask. Sarah was in front of her, grasping the door handle, eyes wide. Thomas stood determinedly to one side with two torches to illuminate the space around us. And in the far corner of the room, Mr. Douglas held open the heavy door of a supply locker, his advancing years unable to diminish a powerful frame. I positioned myself behind Lee and took aim just to the left of Sarah. We held like that for a moment, listening intently for the slightest sound of activity outside the door. There was nothing, just the echoing ambience of the tunnels. Perhaps our pursuers had gone. Ready. Three. Two. One. Now. Sarah pulled the door open. There was nothing but darkness out there. Then, movement. Wendigo lunged into the torchlight almost on top of Lee. At that precise second, Mr. Douglas slammed the locker door. For a fraction of an instant, the creature reacted, glancing across the room towards the sharp metal impact, its survival instincts overriding the attack in progress. Lee moved in, struck its throat with blinding speed, and wheeled sideways gracefully, opening up the target for me as the Wendigo staggered backwards onto two legs. I planted a bullet between its eyes, and it dropped to the ground. Hold! Silence. We obligingly held our positions, knuckles white with tension. From far off down the infernal passageway came the traces of what might have been a Wendigo call. Lee crept forward and darted her head out of the door, looking first left, then right. She retreated back into the room. There's another one. I cannot see it, but it's there. Then she muttered under her breath without turning around. You know, my husband died ten years ago as well, Major Butler. We have all lost someone special. I forget that other people do not close off the part of themselves that feels that pain. I need to operate in the present. Please do not think less of me for that. Uh, Back me up. I'm going to run to it. And with that, she took one of Thomas's torches, cleared the doorway, turning left and sprinted down the tunnel with the lightest of footfalls. I lurched forwards and followed her out, aiming in her direction, terrifyingly aware of the darkened tunnel to my unprotected back. Sure enough, a wendigo appeared in her rapidly moving torchlight, and there was a flurry of movement. I ran towards it, straining my eyes as the flame in her hands danced about, the shadowing creature now between us obscuring her form. In a moment, I had it. Shoot! Get down! I fired two shots and held my position. There was a thump, and immediately after, Lee stood. She was inspecting the blood on her jacket, until violent movement at her feet caused her to spring back. It's not dead! 
life. I ran across and fired two more shots into its head. It lay still as Thomas, Sarah, and Douglas left the vault behind us, sealing the door. Are we clear? Arlington's time to move. What happened next I remember only in flashes. The tunnels were narrower now as we ran through, always listening for encroachment. I feared the old man, or maybe even I myself, would keel over with the strain on our nerves. Eventually, we reached a familiar doorway to emerge at the Lincoln Memorial. I gasped as I breathed the fresh air, only truly understanding the poor quality of what we had been taken in now that it was gone. Behind us, Washington, D.C. was in turmoil. We could hear the uproar of the crowd, sharp screams and the barks of the wendigos, the crack of gunshots, wood and glass splintering in the tumult of fleeing footsteps. I ran into the road and waited. Many people passed by me, none with a better idea of what was happening in the city center than what we already knew. All they could tell of involved blood and savagery. I recall wishing that this had all originated with the Wendigo, but the truth was that those creatures were not the ones smashing in storefronts, setting fire to houses, or riding down children from horseback. From the sounds of it, the clan were getting all sorts of new recruits on the spot. The gangs were coming out in full. The police were engaged in a lethal response, and protesters were locked into combat with all of them. But nothing so organized that the Wendigos prowling the street were being dealt with. It was impossible to tell who might attack you, so a greater portion of Washington's citizens were hiding in their homes, praying theirs would not be the next door kicked in. I first looked at Thomas, and then Sarah as this news was imparted. His face was grim and resolute, but hers was a picture of a personal, crushing horror. Eventually, what we'd been hoping for emerged onto our street, a carriage with various people hanging off of it. I stepped across and apologetically, but firmly, held the driver at gunpoint. I'm truly sorry to do this, sir, but I have some important passengers who need to accommodate your vehicle for NIA business. I'm responsible for these people. So is he, for us. But we have an alternative for you that may be even safer. Okay. You heard the lady. Get on out of there. As the frightened passengers stepped out, Sarah spoke with the driver, giving him a note and a key. What's your name? Bryant, ma'am. John Bryant. John, do you see this address? Five minutes walk down that way. I want you to take your family on foot to this house. It's a government building for emergencies. Small, but secure. How long should we stay? As long as you wish. I will have someone return this carriage to that address within the hour. Where should we go after that? Where were you heading? Just away. We don't want to leave our home, but we can't go back there right now. You see the children? How could you let this happen? We didn't. I mean, we're going to fix this. I'm so sorry. He took the keys and note without another word and the family departed. My bedraggled party entered the coach. I took the reins and Lee hopped up beside me. I now spotted that she had left her bloodstained jacket behind in the tunnels. Did either of those Wendigos snag you? 
No. You were lucky. I had my mind in the present. We rode at speed to Langley, and true to her words, Sarah had a pair of soldiers take control of the carriage to return. As they set off, we rushed through headquarters and into the war room. I immediately looked for Corporal Higgins. Her arm had been bandaged and there was a bruise on her face, but as she turned from her station, her expression was of relief. I saluted her, and she returned it. Throughout the past hour, the ranking heads of intelligence, security, and the chief of staff had been coordinating as many cartographers within the city as possible. The former of these three spoke with us. Executive Assistant Director of Intelligence, Laura Graham. First things first, has Curtis mobilized? They're minutes away from setting out. Roughly 2,000 troops have been prepared for urban combat. That's rifles, pistols, sabers, clementines for the infected. It's only a fraction of our full military, but they were the ones close enough and ready to go. The problem isn't numbers, it's the amount of civilians caught up in this. If it was a straightforward battle, what we have would be more than enough, but the mix of Wendigo spreading infection and the fever-pitching panic levels of those brawling and rioting, all for different reasons. This is going to be a bloodbath. It already is. Can we get surgical teams in there? Sarah, what about the 50 men and women you assigned from Curtis? Silent Company. They're already in the city. You'll be happy to know we have cartographer snipers on the rooftops. They've been trying to take out the ringleaders, but it's a war zone and we're only getting back occasional messages of success. We could well lose them in all the chaos. God damn it. This is exactly why we need to subdivide this organization into specialized branches. We were prepared for something like this, and we're still drowning here. We get through this, we can look into posting some more specialized agents in the city. How are evacuations proceeding? We have some police, the cartographer scouts we could muster, and the rest of Silent Company on that. North, east, and south, like you asked. The White House? Congress? Under guard, but that was just the standard military presence posted there, day to day. They will have no support until Curtis arrives. Enough of an attack and their lines are going to break. If the White House goes. If Grant is killed. Laura, how many of Tremaine's troops have been identified as causing this trouble? None of the Knights of America uniforms have been spotted. None of the high-ranking officers we know of. But they could be in street clothes and we wouldn't know until we had them under arrest and could identify them. Nobody's arresting anyone right now. Tremaine. He's going to use this as an opportunity. Shit, he may even have orchestrated it. Kill Grant, call for an impromptu election once the dust clears, and we're the ones who let this whole situation blow up on our own doorstep. Including somehow letting Wendigos into the city. And how the hell did that happen? We're looking into it, sir, but if you want to pin this on Tremaine, we need solid evidence. We need to do more than that. We need to protect Grant. Where is he now? Ten minutes ago, he was in the Oval Office. Then they moved him down into the Stronghold. If the White House is compromised, they can get him out through the Underground. Oh, God. Wait. Line? White House. Bunker. Yes, sir. Glad to have you back. Jacobson? Conrad. Are you all okay? Just tell him I'm fine. We're unhurt. Truth is fine. But it's looking like hell on Earth out there, Thomas. Listen, we just got out of the Underground and it's been compromised and there are Wendigos in the tunnels. You cannot... Take Grant down there. Stay in the bunker. We're pinned, then. They're at the gates and the army aren't going to get here in time. Just sit tight. I'm sending you help. Laura, can you look after Mr. Douglas? I'm stepping out. Where are you going? The White House. You can contact me on the wireless network. If that means what I think it means, 
Sir, it's not safe. Obviously. But we need someone in the field and someone in charge back here. Which is you, Sarah. Why does it have to be you who goes? You're better at organizing people. Please, just think about this. I have. I've considered all our options moving forward, and this is the best chance we have of minimizing damage. Alright. I'll run the show here. Laura, please send out a message to Silent Company that they should head for the Lincoln Bridge and rendezvous with Thomas. Yes, ma'am. Exactly what I was thinking. Frederick, thank you for your help back there. You go and do what you have to do, Thomas. Butler, Lee, with me, please. Sarah, can you see me out? Of course. We rushed from the war room through to the hangar to find Harry pacing beside Steamheart. On catching sight of her father and mother, she dashed forward to embrace them both. Mama? Daddy, where have you been? I was so scared. I'm sorry, my darling. We had to hide and get here the long way. Is she ready? She... Really? I... I I can take her out? Not you. I'll take Edison or Tesla as a driver. And my baby? No, 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 no. They... (laughs) They don't know how to make her run, Daddy. If she's going out there, I'm going to be in the driver's seat. No. Yes, Thomas. Harry, I need you to be secure. We can defend this building long term. It's a fortress. Daddy, you send her out there without me, and she's the one who ain't secure. It makes the most practical sense. Don't go making decisions with your heart, Thomas. You haven't had the practice. Oh, for God's sake. Fine. Really? But I'm coming with you, young lady. Get her running, we have no time. Eureka! Step aboard, Major. Thomas. Behind me, the Arlingtons held one another for a brief moment, before Thomas climbed the steps through the hatch and sealed the door behind him, glancing out at the deputy director standing in the hangar alone, by all appearances resolute and unflappable. Okay, alright, everybody comfortable? All right, all right, everything's set, okay. Oh, uh, Mr. Butler, the, the strap goes on the other way. Okay, I, I hope you all haven't eaten anything recently, because, uh, th- this one could be a, a bumpy first ride. Steamheart thundered into life around us, and we took our seats. The shutters ahead of us drew up, and Harry settled herself into the deep, bucket-like driver's seat, stretched and flexed her slender arms, cracking and waggling her fingers. Okay. She grabbed the wheel with one hand and engaged a lever. We lurched forward a moment. Came to a dead stop. Mm. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> I know what I did wrong there. She adjusted several calibrations and pulled two different levers as we roared back to activity. From my seat, I peered out through the front windows and held on tight as she propelled us out of the hangar, careering down a long ramp and out into a central courtyard. A device beside us crackled into life, and Thomas picked up the receiving horn. Can you hear me? Hearing you. Is that thing a wireless telephone? It's called a radio. No way to coordinate the steam craft without one. Curtis is bringing up the rear of the troops. They're on the road towards the Lincoln Bridge. That's about ten miles from where you are. Harry, how long? At this speed, without stopping, twelve minutes. Then don't slow down. We have to intercept. 
Watch out for people on the road. Sound the foghorn. Check your mirrors. Hush up now, all of you. I am driving here. You have been listening to episode 21 of Arlington Remastered. The Plan. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Sarah Arlington, performed by Maureen Foley. Thomas Arlington, performed by Alex Shaw. Major Frank Butler and Conrad Jacobson, performed by Spencer Lieb. Frederick Douglass, performed by Paris Lilly. Agent Lee Ying Long, performed by Sharon Shaw. Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Laura Graham and Truth Arlington, performed by Theo Lee. And Bryant, performed by Jesse Ferguson. Satiate, Past the Edge, Hit the Streets, and The Descent, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Flare, composed and performed by Ross Bugden. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Many Soundscapes by Tabletop Audio. And if you aren't listening to Through the Wind Door, the incredibly in-depth New Century Multiverse fan cast, then you need to subscribe today. And let the hosts Greg Downing and Toby Jungius take you deep into various interpretations, readings and deconstructions of each New Century book in turn. And these are released each week along with fascinating interviews with the cast and first impressions of every new book. And Nightfall of the Wendigo, the spiritual successor to Let Them Go, is now available on Amazon.com in beautiful paperback form. And if you're on our Patreon at the $10 level or higher, then access to the ebook version is part of the bonus package you receive. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Evan Jankowski, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksh, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns.